Dare we open Pandora's mystic box? To every generation, a slayer is born, except this time, there were six. This is the dimension of imagination. You are entering the mystic zone. Do you ladies see that aura? Something wonderful this way comes. Welcome to the Mystic Order podcast. We're the Mystic Order of East Alabama fiction writers. I'm Mystic Gail, the Mystic Queen. I'm Mystic Joanne, the Mystic Defender. And I'm the Mystic Mary. <laughs> not very good at my Nebulous. first podcast. This is my first podcast. Please excuse me for not following the format. I'm Mary, the nebulous, stargazing mystic. And today, we're missing three mystics, and for different reasons. We don't know why the mystic Katie's not here. Hmm. Mystic hmm. Margie is in Ohio. With her grandbaby. That's right. I recently took a trip to Cuba, and everyone on the boat except for me was from Ohio. So I'm very familiar with Ohio now. <laughs> and then we're mystic, missing Mystic Marion. And we believe that Mystic Marion is home with her dogs who are afraid of thunder. And it's actually not thundering here. So maybe she'll join us. She may. She said she would come if Grim calmed down. Grim, but is Grim, that her child or her dog? Both. You know, she has four-legged children. <laughs> He's named after a big, black Harry Potter beast named Grimm. Ah. Mm. Well, today's podcast, is the title of it is Mystic Moments. I think we were running out of titles, so we just came up with ourselves. We're going to talk about our, all about the mystics today. And the first thing I really wanted to discuss with the mystics, because I want to get their play on, on this trip, we went to a plantation for a picture shoot. And I would like, well, let me say this about going there. Mary drove, and she's here today. And Mystic Joanne drove, and she's <laughs> here today. And then the, Mystic Joanne was leading us, and she had Marion, Mystic Marion, in the car with her, who is from Seal, Alabama, where the plantation is. And her very best friends live in this plantation. But Marion readily admitted she did not know where she was going. And so we're following people who don't know where they're going. Well, Vicki was telling me basically how to get there. But Vicki, as mystics do, um, Vicki uh, was the photographer of the day. And as mystics do, Vicki would say, oh, yeah, turn here, right in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> so as you saw, I look like... Mario Andretti making a turn. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good thing that Joanne is an attorney. Uh, when we pulled up beside them and said, don't you know where you're going? You've got Marion. Marion hollers, but I'm in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a good excuse. The, uh, well, the, the, the cars were going to go there, whether you're in the back or the front. The other thing about Marion, I love this. We had planned to wear white blouses and a solid bottom, and for some reason, everybody wore either white or blue for the bottom, skirts or pants or whatever. But Marion wore a champagne-colored Mexican dress with flashy embroidery around the neck and camouflage galoshes. And I have to say, I was a little bit taken back by the camouflage galoshes, but she explained to me that if we're having our picture taken at any point during the day at a waterfall, that they'll come in very handy. Now, I, I, have, to, I have to make a correction on that, Gail. It was not camouflage galoshes. They were, unless you were amongst a bunch of peacocks, they were peacock <laughs> feathers. Oh, they were peacock feathers? They were beautiful peacock feathers. Of course, they would have been camouflaged if we had found <laughs> a flock of peacocks. <laughs> well, we did find several flocks in the on the plantation. We, we did. We found a flock of goats. And probably the galoshes. I wish I'd had and those galoshes. And a flock of cows. And I and, can. And a <laughs> flock of hired help. Oh, yes. We had, um, well, a plantation needs a lot of people working on it, and they were certainly there to help on the plantation and to help the mystics get their picture taken. We could never get our picture taken with the flocks of anything because 
I think one of the tricks of getting close to animals is you have to be quiet and there's not a chance in <laughs> hell that any of the mystics are going to be quiet enough to stand in front of a flock of cows unless we've got a, a box of oats in our hands or hay or something. I just expected that they did not know who we were and therefore they were being timid or maybe they did know who we were and were too shy. <laughs> but they're aware of our mystic aura, I guess. Exactly. So um, we didn't... We didn't get that shot, but we do have some pretty pictures. And the reason we have these pictures, uh, I'd like to tell our listening audience, is so that we could have a picture for the podcast. So if you're looking at our podcast, you're looking at our plantation picture. The, the main house of the plantation was owned by this very charming couple. And the husband was 98, and he regaled us with tales of the war and of African hunting. Uh, and again, Mystic Marion, this is uh, very old friends of the Mystic Marion, and I'm shocked at how well she behaved through the, through the animal hunting because she's an animal rights activist, especially if the animal is a dog. Well, the Greens and Marion's parents are very close friends, so I'm sure she did not want to say anything that would have offended. But there was a room full of dead animals and dead animal heads. Quite impressive. The room looked a lot like the courthouse in To Kill a Mockingbird, except it had dark, dark mahogany paneling, but it did have the balcony overhead. It did except for the animal heads, it was also very august and austere, really. And it wasn't just animal heads. There was a dead stuffed kitty cat. No, it was a lynx. Oh, there was a dead stuffed kitty lynx <laughs> that we had to move so we could, we could use the furniture in front of the fireplace. So, yeah, I'm not a real fan of dead animals either. Um, Mystic Marion and I share that. Do I you? went to Africa and took a lot of pictures but um, I came home with no dead animals. Well, did you hear, though, Mr. Roy's story about the Cape buffalo? I did. And how he was not going to shoot it, but they insisted. And who was it that said the Cape buffalo kills more people in Africa? I said that. That's the most dangerous animal in Africa, except for the poacher. The poacher is number one. Cape buffalo is number two. Uh, one thing I'd like to say about this room, besides the stuffed animals, is... it. It just put me in mind of, say, something like Winston Churchill speaking to the English people during the war, trying to buck them up to um, get ready for the unexpected or bombing or whatever. And I thought any minute we were going to hear, we shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength. We'll fight in the air. We'll defend our island. Whatever the cost may be, we'll fight on the beaches. We'll fight on the landing grounds. And we'll fight in the fields and in the streets. Is that in honor of D-Day that has just passed? <laughs> no, but just didn't you get that feeling that... I just thought if I had that room, I could write the great American novel oh, or the, the new tales of Tarzan. I was thinking what a great party you could have in that room, <laughs> especially with all those people to help you clean and prepare. <laughs> well, I, I was amazed at the artwork throughout the house. It was just exquisite. And I know that you're a big art aficionado, Gail. Um, but the the bronzes, I think, how many bronzes did they have? And they were, Remi they were Remingtons. They yes. were on the pool table. They had taken over the pool table, the Remingtons. But throughout the house, there was a couple of bronze angels. In fact, I had at one point asked our hostess if she had an aff affection for angels because they were everywhere. She had two angels on one fireplace hearth. She had the bronze angel sitting in the foyer. And there were several others that I saw throughout the house. I, I will say that I think Mr. and Ms. Green were totally charming. Oh, my e gosh. Even if they do. Well, she obviously photographs animals because she gave us a book of her photographs of animals. They um, were completely charming and by far my favorite part of the visit. And... Miss Green's phone rang while we were there, and she said to the person, you'll have to call me back. I'm entertaining a house full of guests. And a few minutes later, Mr. Green's phone rang, and he said really loudly, I'm here talking to a room full of women. They're hanging on my every word. Call me later. <laughs> and it was the same person. 
was the same person. It's the same person. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, and what I loved is that he was so gracious that he asked if we wanted wine and what Rosie, Rosie yeah. brought and it. And was it Rosie 11 brought, o'clock in the morning? I, that, I was going to ask. I was hoping it was afternoon, but okay. It was 5 o'clock somewhere. <laughs> he was trying to convince his wife that it was okay to have a couple of glasses of wine in his own home. And I think that was... In order to uh, entertain us, exactly. of course. Well, um, and speaking of Rosie and her sister workers, they served us the best dinner. And I recent, we did a reading recently, and I asked the audience of the reading, if you were at a plantation, what would you have to eat? And they guessed every single thing we had for dinner, <laughs> which was fried chicken, stuffed eggs, pimento cheese on white bread, potato salad, and sweet tea. sweet tea. Sweet tea. And you know what? I, I don't allow myself to eat those things very often, but they, it was fabulous. It was oh. absolutely delicious. It would have been impolite not to eat every bit. That's right. So I cleared my plate. I did as well. <laughs> <laughs> that room, that long banquet room where we were served, which we looked minuscule because there were, what, 50 seats at the table oh, at and least, we occupied seven. And um, our, ho- our host, uh, hostess, Lynn, who is uh, Lynn Green, who's the daughter of the, the charming plantation owners. And one of Marion's oldest friends. Yes, but Marion doesn't know the way to her house, so how close could they be? <laughs> <laughs> but this room, you know, it had the banquet table that ran on forever. And the only other time I've eaten at a table like that was I was I was went to a fox hunt. I didn't go fox hunting, but I went to a fox hunt in Pulaski, Tennessee. And the morning breakfast was there, and everyone had on red coats, and they'd braided the tails of their horses, and the breakfast was marvelous. I ate so much that I fell asleep in the truck <laughs> waiting for the hunt to be I, over. How did you get invited to a fox hunt? I know people. Well, <laughs> what people? <laughs> I know people. I know Pulaski, people. Pulaski, Tennessee. I didn't even know they had fox hunts anymore. They call that the hunting hunting house or hunting something hall, maybe. And he built it for his mother's 100th birthday. Oh, or, yeah, so they do call that. it the hunting hall? Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, well, it looks like the hunting hall. But it is. It's it for the hunt. Especially for one event. And then used thereafter for all the hunters to gather and, and probably booze it up after they killed some animals. The, the fox. The fox. Yeah, the day before the hunt in Pulaski, Tennessee, I did ride one of the horses, but I took it around the jumps. I wasn't about to go over those jumps and break my beautiful nose. So, And I wasn't going to go to the hunt the next day, but the person that rode my horse complained so bitterly after... A, afterwards about how her horse would not go over the jumps and she couldn't understand it. He used to go over the jumps just fine. Because you show that horse, you don't have to go over the jump. You can go around that jump if you want to. That amazes me. You also ride horses. I used to own horses. In fact, my horse pasture was behind the old Auburn High School. And one summer we had a drought and I'd have to sneak hoses to the back of from the back of Auburn, no, 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 no. It's where the high school was. The the high school hadn't been built yet, and we had a drought, and I had to sneak into the graveyard next door and hook up my hose to the the water for I guess the dead, and <laughs> and water my horses. Water d- and I had to get do thirsty. this. I had to do this every day. I mean, every day, because it was so hot. It was like it has been in Alabama for the last week. But we have had torrential rainfalls, so that, that's helped us greatly. Well, I have to ask. I know that Mystic Mary enjoys horses and has had I them did. all her life. I did. Have you ever been on a fox hunt? No. Heavens no. I wouldn't hunt a thing, except the dragonflies that have been coming into my house lately. Excuse me, horseflies. But no, I, I rode and rode and rode. I was a horse girl. I know. kept my horses out in Gold Hill. and um, At Sweet Husky's place. Sweet, sweet Husky. And um, after I got married, I kept up with my last horse until he turned into a pet. And then we never replenished the horses. And um, I'm going to do something about that. That's one of my retirement goals is to get back on a horse. If any of you mystics want to join me. 
No. Tally ho. <laughs> no. But no. I won't be hunting anything, but... But and sweet, sweet. My time. horse was a cow. The horse that I rode the most was a cow pony. And the thing about a cow pony is it can cut a cow out of the herd, so it can take some sharp turns. Yeah. So when anyone else rode my horse, generally she was also a barn horse. She would take off toward the barn, and when she turned the corner, everybody would go flying off. And we <laughs> had several broken arms. I, this was back before the days where you got sued, which was quite lucky. <laughs> well, one last thing I want to say about our visit to Seal, Alabama, is. I had one little disappointment other than getting stuck in my seatbelt in the truck. Oh. Did you know that I got I stuck in know. the truck? Oh, yeah. Um, but that was kind of scary. But other than that, my disappointment was we did not go through the drive through art of Butch Anthony. And we were right there. We could have had it. We were in the right clothes. We drove by it. We did drive by it. But and we I can go again. We can. That's That can be another uh, mystic Do you know trip. how long it took to get six mystics together in white blouses, not counting Marion and a dark skirt? We don't have to go to take pictures. We can just go for the fun of the drive through museum. We're always up for a road trip. Amen. That's right. And speaking of road trips, we had one this week. Both Mystic Joanne and Mystic Mary... Mystic Margie, who's not here today because she's in Ohio with the people who went to Cuba with me. And by the way, I'm glad I went because I'm not sure anybody else is going to get to go. But Mystic uh, Margie, Mystic Joanne, Mystic Mary, and Queen Gail went to Fayette, Alabama, but we stayed in Hamilton. And Fayette, for those of you who are not geographically literate of Alabama, is as far northwest in Alabama as you can get without falling off into Mississippi. I have been to Hamilton once before. And Why? <laughs> yes. Well, and I was telling some of the mystics about my story. I went up there to represent a young man that was accused of statutory rape. And his mama was afraid that no attorney in Hamilton, Alabama would represent him properly. And so she begged me to go. Not only did is I... Is he serving time now? No, he is not. I am a good attorney. Thank you very much. <laughs> Well, uh, I knew that, Joanne, because uh, as you say, you've represented every one of the mystics. I have represented Some you had to defend. That would not be Queen Gail. I know. Well, and I did, you know, it's all about words, isn't it? And so I did correct myself. I said defended at first, and then I said, no, wait, represented. Well, well she well, defended well, me, Mystic Mary, but... Mystic Gale won't let me talk about it, so one day we'll sneak in here and no, get No, because we do not and, um, have criminal mystics. And, and we'll sneak a podcast. Felony mystics, no. We still don't have criminal mystics. Well, I told you I was I'm a acquitted. good attorney. <laughs> misdemeanor Mystic Mary. That's too hard to say. Uh, I didn't even have a misdemeanor. I'm free and clear of guilt. Oh, okay. I did not do the crime of which I was accused. All right, then. I believe you. Yeah, that's um, true. Well, back to Hamilton. Alabama, where we spent the night because we wanted to go to the Dismals. <laughs> I, I don't know if you're listening out there, if you know what the Dismals the are. The canyon. It's a canyon. And they have glow worms that are quite rare that this time of year they glow at night. And the only other places that these glow worms are is New Zealand and um, somewhere else, I think Australia. They are in Ruby Falls, though, also, which is... They're bio, biometrics, biometrics in Ruby Falls. <laughs> Bioluminescent. Bioluminescence <laughs> in Ruby Falls. But biometrics these particular like glowworms. Dismalites. If you Dis sit on your chair and it takes your weight. Oh, yes. <laughs> bio what? That's biometrics. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, but anyway, tell about why we didn't see the glowworms. Well, there are a few reasons why we didn't see the glow, glow worms, but the main reason is is that these goofy mystic sisters of mine wanted to spend all their time looking at boutiques in Hamilton, and I am as sweet as I can be, and I'd never told any of them that I have a downright phobie, phobic reaction to being in boutiques. Did you have a phobic reaction to the lady that could not stop talking when yes. I walked in? Yes, I did. I even took a selfie of myself in agony and sent it to some <laughs> of my friends who know better than to put me in boutiques. But I saw it. The last boutique we went into was more of a thrift store and there was a 
girl there trying to sell us clothes. She said, everything, everything in the store. Have y'all heard of Lulu Row? And I went away because I didn't want to hear her talk about Lulu Row or Lulu Row as everybody else calls it. And she went on to tell us about how her friend had a Lulu Row collection. And she was done selling Lulu Row, and she she rolled it all over on velvet hangers straight to me. And Gail was looking in astonishment at all the Lulu Row clothes, and and then she cruelly pointed at me and said, "You need to go tell her about the Lulu Row." And I came whipping around the corner. So I heard all about it and the velvet hangers. I said that because she had talked. Well, she. My father-in-law used to call it talk the ears off a brass monkey. And that's all I could think of. And she was talking to me. Oh, uh, and so fine. And she followed me into the dressing room and stood outside of the curtain and talked some more. I went into the dressing room, so she quit talking to me. It's so, true. But the reason we were doing me. that was we were waiting for it to cool off because it was 90 degrees that day. And we thought if it cooled off, we could make it down to the canyon. Oh, but well, alas. we did not get there because the the caretaker, who was that lady in the... The attendant? She's an attendant. She's a you. ranger, actually. Actually? Yeah. Even the, though it's private property, it's controlled by... The United States Department of of the Interior. That Maybe. Yes, it said so on the sign. <laughs> <laughs> this place, if y'all want to go, it is a... Well, I've now looked at the pictures online, but if, if you guys would like to go see Dismal Canyon, it's um, very near... Phil Campbell. Phil Campbell. Phil Campbell. Phil Campbell. And it has a colorful history because there are tales of Indian rituals being held there and outlaws hiding there. The local outlaw, law, Rube Barrow, <clears throat> must have used it as a hideout. He was a train robber. And um, so anyway, but beyond that, it's a beautiful place. It was beautiful. Mystic Mary has gone down into the canyon, has she not? I have indeed. Um, in some of my travels, my lonely travels on back roads, I stopped because I saw the name on the map and I thought it sounded lovely. And it was. It was just so beautiful. Was it hot? I don't remember it being too hot. And it was mostly what I remember is that it was mossy, so mossy and soft. The pictures are beautiful. Smelled good. I don't think this is, even though this is when you see the glow worms and you have to. You have to go at night and book your own tour you have to, to see book, the glow book worms. book a tour and go at night. And that's what I'd advise when it isn't so hot. Because everybody, did y'all see the woman that came up and she wanted a certain door open because she was wringing wet and she didn't want to walk through the main yeah, entrance. Yeah, I think she had jumped into that pool. Yeah, there was a little swimming hole down at the bottom of the steps. And I think, but probably because she was so hot, she jumped into the pool. Well, I made it in time to go down into the canyon, but they still had to come and get me out because Why? I stayed down there so long oh. because it was beautiful and I was taking how pictures long, and having quiet thoughts. How long did it take you? I don't remember. You just got lost in time in the canyon. I was lost in time in the canyon. It was really it beautiful It didn't look like there. a hard walk. It wasn't too hard. It was just really pretty. Yeah. That would have to be another mystic road trip. We'll have to go back. Well, I think we should go in the cool weather, even though we'll miss the glowworms. But we always have our lightning bugs, which the other Americans call fireflies, because in the South, the lightning bugs make a showing in August. And yes. they make a showing very near Auburn in Lochapoca, Alabama, along the creek there. And I've seen it several times, and it's amazing. And Mystic um, Katie just wrote a short little blurb for an agricultural magazine and gave us some information about how to attract the fireflies slash lightning bugs to your yard. And I'm real pleased to know that my years and years of neglect of my yard has made it a really nice lightning bug sanctuary. And um, I have had more more of these little bugs lately, and I'm happy about it. Well, what's the name of that restaurant where we ate in Hamilton? Tollgate Cafe. Tollgate. I keep calling it Tollbridge. I, I think you girls should tell what happened there. Well, first off, Tollgate was the original name of Hamilton, Alabama. Um, and I was wondering why in the middle of nowhere there would be a Tollgate because I didn't see a toll gate, and I asked, and it used to be a road there, 
And uh, Andrew Jackson used it and set up a, a toll gate there for the repair of the road, like most toll gates are these days. But there, as we were leaving, there were two gentlemen, a very, two of them very handsome, very tall, um, that greeted us as we were leaving. And I think you got your picture taken with them, Mr. I did. Gale. And, and they asked us, uh, why were we there? Because I think everybody in Hamilton knows everybody in Hamilton, and That's they right. obviously didn't know us, so what are we doing here? And Mary, what did you say? Well, we started off with some war eagles that got us chatting, and he said, what are y'all doing here? And I said, oh, we're going to go over to Fayette and do a little reading in the library, <laughs> which sounded perfectly legit. Well, and looking back on it, I wish I'd said... Because, oh, well, tell well, what his response was, oh, you ladies are hard up for something to do. <laughs> <laughs> and I wish I'd said, well, we've read all the books in the library at Auburn, but I could, didn't, <laughs> couldn't think fast enough. But Margie, uh, Mystic Margie, explained to him that we were reading from our books and, and to the at the people coming into the library to hear us read from our books. We weren't just going to sit down and read To Kill a Mockingbird. Although... I have this this lovely thing called ASMR, which we can do a whole podcast about another time. And I really like certain sounds. And one of my favorite things in the universe to do is just to sit in a library and listen to other people reading in the library quietly, like turning pages. So I would like that to be one of my retirement goals, just to read across America. But really, I just want to sit in the library, in the quiet library, and listen to the pages turn. The library we went to in Fayette was so warm. I uh, wish that our library wasn't so glass and steel. Oh, looking. I thought you meant like the air conditioning was not. No, no. I too. <laughs> I mean, well, first of all, everybody that worked there was named Jessica except the guy, and he was named Jess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, um, and the next thing is they have a library cat. And what would... Kitty Boo Boo. Kitty Boo Boo? Kitty Boo Boo. That was not that cat's name. That was that cat's name. Kitty Boo Boo came out at the very end to talk to us about um, being there. Kitty Boo Boo was not interested in the reading itself, but came afterwards, I, I suppose, to see if there was any uh, chicken salad or pimento cheese left, I yeah. would think. Yeah. So. But yes, they had a... Have we ever done a reading that they didn't serve as chicken salad and pimento cheese, which is perfectly all right with me? Absolutely, because it was good. Uh, but have we ever gone anywhere and read anywhere that the menu wasn't chicken salad and pimento cheese? Well, I was going to bring this up later, but one of our road trips was to Carson McCullough's house, and didn't Johnny cook for us? Oh, oh that's man, right. That was good. Yeah, yes. let's bring that up later. Yes, we will. Okay. <laughs> well, um, and then after we read... We, the, we had a full house. We did. And I don't People guess we read, we read excerpts and talked about the mystic experience. But afterwards, she gave us favors. Oh, they were lovely. And they were all regional. Yes. And one of them was Golden Eagle Syrup. And I have a dear friend, Johnny Bedford, that's from Hamilton. And he bakes pecan pies every holiday, and then he brags on them and eats most of them of them himself, I think. But he goes, "You cannot make a pecan pie without golden eagle syrup." So we started buying it. I, we'd never heard of it, but to make our pecan pies, and it is indeed good. And then Alabama Sunshine, That's and right. they have hot sauce for, from farm to table hot sauce. And then the Rod Morris Pottery. And did y'all look at Rod Morris's calling card? I did, yes. I loved it because, you know, our calling card has no contact information, which yes. I think is very interesting. And of course, we're mystics, so if you want us, you can find us. But his, Or we'll find you mystically. His, his <laughs> calling card is black. Yes. And that his name on it is in dark blue. So you have, a t have to take a magnifying glass to well, see who made the pottery. But if you hold it up to the light just right, it kind of glows. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Well, and then... Like a glow worm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> like the dismal lights. It's a dismal light business card. <laughs> 
my, other than the library, because everybody was so kind to us, and by the way, we love to travel. We, if you have a library that would like to hear us read, just contact us. You'll know where to find us. Or a book club or, that you would like to come. We are not above going to visit a book club. Well, we're in book clubs. Yes. Yeah, we have our own book clubs. Well, before we leave, the, the uh, guests, my favorite guest was this teeny tiny woman. She was shorter than Mystic Joanne. She was. She was about... Three and a half feet tall, and she was about 70. And she got real happy when I left a story off about kissing a man in my slip. And she wanted the rest of it because she likes steamy things. And she had just gotten for her birthday all three of the Shades of Grey trilogy. So, <laughs> oh, so that's the, us, all right. The steamy romance is going strong. In our the Shades of Grey, we only discuss with our hairdresser. Well, Mary did, did kind of lead them on because she told them after her excerpt that they would have to find out what happened. They would have to buy the book. But somebody... You really hooked them because somebody yeah. caught us as we were pulling out. And today, somebody ordered the book. That, they ordered the winch, <laughs> not the book with the slip, but oh, still. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, we not only like to talk to uh, people in libraries or book clubs, we've talked talk to study clubs. We entertained the Marine Wives. The Marines had a conference, I guess, at Auburn University. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I yes. know. That was a lot of fun because I read my No Snake in the House book, and all the Marine Wives started jumping up and talking about their No Snake in the House experience, which I guess happens to Marine Wives. Yes. We also talked to the hospital. The candy group. stripers, the yes, volunteers. The volunteers. That was fun, too. And my very favorite odd group we've talked to other than the Auburn Women's Club, was a garden club. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> so I guess we're just mentioning this. We, we'd love to come and talk to your group. Just invite us, and we so, will be there. So Gail is leaving out what happened at the end of the garden club reading, though. We read a little bit and talked a little bit, and we thought we were just being all so that in a bag of chips, cute and everything, and this little old lady finally stood up and grabbed one of us and said, that'll be enough now. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> And that was the end of our reading. Well, because they were serving wine, mm -hmm. and she saw that wine being poured, and she said, I've had about enough. Well, of course, <laughs> the rest of the Garden Club was so embarrassed that they bought every book we had. Everybody bought every book we had. So uh, we thought about hiring that little old lady to go That's on right. the road with us so we could sell our, our books. While we're talking a little bit about Fayette still, um, downtown Fayette was absolutely exquisite. Their art museum there is as good as one I have ever seen in a small town, at least, and probably in a big town. It was, I wish we had had more time just mm -hmm. to go through that because we did do a quick run through and missed whole, one whole wing. But I was amazed at, there are either more artists in Fayette or they tout their artists and support their artists more than we do in other places. I'm glad you brought that up because <clears throat> I've been to Fayette before, and the reason I went was I wanted to meet uh, Jimmy Lee Suddeth. Yes. And Jimmy Lee Suddeth, which most of his, a lot of his work is represented in this museum. What was the name of our museum curator, Lady Head? Glenda. Glenda. She was wonderful. If, she was. if I ever open a museum, I'm going to hire Glenda. But back to Jimmy Lee Suddeth, he. Um, was born in 1910, and of course very poor. He was born in Cane Ridge near Fayette, Alabama. And as a child, he would paint with his hands on old discarded boards, and he'd paint with dirt. And Which Alabama is full of red clay and different shades of red clay, and I think he used every one of them. Oh and gosh, we could write a book called Shades of Clay. <laughs> <laughs> we ought to. That'd be Alabama book. Uh, 40 Shades of Clay, is that the name of it? 50 Shades. 50 Shades of Clay. I haven't read the. I'm probably the only woman in America that hasn't read those books. And But back to Jimmy Lee Suddeth. Um, as he started perfecting his art, he would start mixing syrup and sugar and soft drinks and chalk into the clay, trying to get it to stick to the board better mm -hmm. and using... Uh, plant life to color it and he was one of the he's a well-known outside artist he ended up 
selling a lot of his art in Kentuck Festival of Art. I think that's in Northport. Yes. And he's been on the Today Show and 60 Minutes. But he literally lived in a shack. Yeah. And I went to visit him with my good friend Tom Westmoreland. And Tom Westmoreland, I credit for taking me all over the South to meet outsider artists. But anyway, John, Jimmy Lee Suddeth was in this museum, as well as Fred Webster, who was a school teacher and a high school principal who started whittling art uh, in, after he retired. And he loved to do uh, Bible stories like Jacob's Dream and Noah's Ark and Adam and Eve and so forth. And he was represented. But last but not least, well, there were a lot of artists there. Last but not least is Nall Hollis. Not last. First. First is Nall Hollis. Okay, but I, 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 didn't want, I didn't want to move on. Go ahead with Nal Hollis. I just want to be sure we talk about Lois Williams. Oh, yeah, let's do. Let's do. Wilson, sorry. You, you tell about her. Then he can be last but not least. Yeah. Well, I learned more about her by, of course, Googling her name, and there's a documentary about her called Treasures from the Rubble, which is easily Googleable. And <laughs> Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Googleable. Googleable. Yes. She just said it, so it Googleable. is a word. And she grew up in that area and um, through various adventures ended up in New York um, and she paints on wood scrap wood and there we went downstairs into a basement which was full of her art must have been a thousand pieces down there they were just stacked up against each other and they were just very uh, very moving and whimsical as well and um, I would encourage anybody interested in that to look up treasures from the rubble she died penniless which is always sad and kind of common for these outsider artists. But it was her who um, left all her stuff specifically so that they would found a museum in Fayette. So she was the inspiration, oh. or the, maybe not the inspiration, but the reason for the museum. Because we were allowed to go down into the basement of the museum, which really looked like it was a storage unit. There were a couple yeah. of rooms that were set up, but that hallway was full of Lois Wilson um, artwork. I think there had been a flood or something. That was an old school. Right. And so that's why all the doors went in. Well, it was perfect for a museum, too. It looked like the old school I taught in, in Realtown, Alabama. Mm -hmm. But that was, like I said, they they were just so many different. How many um, Last Supper picture boxes did we see? I think five. Well, Fred Wilson had a Last Supper carved, didn't he? He did. There mm-hmm. was he did. several carved. Well, I say several. Wilson, it's Webster. Excuse me, Fred Webster. Webster. We talk about Lois Wilson. But you were talking about your Nall, which I had never yes. heard of before. Yes. Again. He's very famous. And um, when I heard him, heard first of him, he had come back to Alabama from Paris, where he was living, and he did a beautiful exhibit in the Montgomery Museum, and it was sketches of all the Alabama artists, and they, it was an amazing, uh, beautiful show. And I thought, well, I want to meet this guy, Nall. And I was telling a friend of mine, um, who was also an artist, and she said, I went to high school with him. And so he was a, uh, I guess he was the visiting professor in Troy, Alabama, and she called him and said, we want to come up and meet you. And um, he says, come on, I'll buy you lunch. And he did. He bought us lunch in the cafeteria. And I got to see, well, all his graduate students were also working on his art. They were putting ceramics on his uh, little pieces of tile on frames that he had designed where to put it. And they were doing, I guess, the grunt work. Yeah. But here's a little bit. I, I looked him up when we were going to do this podcast, and they had three nulls in this museum. I, I don't know how they got them, but uh, somebody must have donated them for the museum in Fayette. But uh, let me read a little bit about him. Nall took care of James Baldwin on his deathbed. He had been friends with Baldwin from the early 1970s because Baldwin bought him drinks at the Café de Fleur, which is in Saint-Germain-de-Prey in, in France. Nall recalled talking to Baldwin about racism in Alabama with a racially conscious author. In one conversation, Nall told Baldwin that through your books you liberated me from my guilt about being so bigoted. 
Bowen said, no, you liberated me in revealing this to me. But he's good friends with the Albert, the Prince of Monaco, and Catherine Deneuve. Did Deneuve, I say, yes. Deneuve, did I say that right? Deneuve. And he owns multiple works created by, uh, the, they own multiple works created by him, and he's also very good friends with Ringo Starr. Oh, Ringo. <laughs> Ringo. Now, uh, two pieces I saw of the Nall in Fayette had pieces and and put together framework yeah. around it. Is that... That's typical. Very typical. He's got a lot of work in the Grand Hotel on the way to Fairhope, Alabama. And listen, audience, if you have not been to Fairhope, Alabama, please get in your car and drive there because it is the most wonderful little community and it was a community first uh, made as a self-governing community, and that's why it's called Fairhope. It's a fair hope we might survive this. <laughs> it's a beautiful community, but that's where Nall is now, and he has, I've seen him in his studio there and talked with him. Um, but anyway, what was, I, what was the question? We were, I was asking about the bits and pieces of frame that we saw in all of those. And I wondered, Gail, if it had not inspired you for some of your found art. No, no. <laughs> I could never aspire to be null. Believe me, if I could, if I could be null, I guess I wouldn't be a mystic. <laughs> well, no. you know, and he didn't become famous until after he died, or was he famous before then? Most artists, sadly, are not famous until after they die. No, he, got, he moved to France, and he became very well-known in France. See, in France, not in the United States. Well, when he came back, he was the visiting professor from Troy, which is near his... He was brought up in Birmingham. And, no, he's quite well-known. And his things get more exotic with, I guess, the more graduate students he has to work for. <laughs> I don't know. But, more uh, intricate, the, let's say. Have y'all been to the Grand Hotel? I have wanted to go, and every time that I've had the opportunity, something has come that it's fallen through. Have I you have not. I, I've been there many times because we um, go down in vacation in Orange Beach, and so on the way to Fairhope in the crook of the bay is the Grand Hotel. And by the way, they shoot a cannon every day at 4 o'clock. And then they serve you tea and cookies. Oh. I guess for putting up at the cannon being <laughs> fired. I don't know. But they have a little drum brigade that goes out and fires the cannon. cannon. But, but his artwork is on display there. That would be interesting. Mm -hmm. I'd, I'd, maybe I'll make Jimmy take me. That's Sometime right. soon. But talking about Fairhope, that is um, one of our mystic road trips. We went down there. Was it all the mystics? How many? We went? didn't go to, to Fairhope. We went to, to Ono Island. We went to, G oh, Jan. We didn't go see Jan Jones. Yes, we did go see Jan Jones. We I did. Thought I, I thought it she's was in Fairhope. <laughs> she's in Magnolia Springs. All right. Okay. <laughs> which is very, very, very near Fairhope. We, right. And I thought we had gone downtown Fairhope because don't they have... Like we have the Tigers here in Auburn, they have the Pelicans. Oh, oh yeah. They but have, like, we decorate. Every city's done this. You yeah, know, they somebody. pick an animal and then they get their artist to paint it and they put them all around town to what cost, who knows. And um, so they have the Pelicans. They have the Pelicans. Uh, you know, our Tigers have disappeared. I don't know where they all are anymore. One's in front of uh, the t shirt, Tiger. Tails? What's that? Rags? Tiger Rags it's has gone. one. One's on top of the old Auburn High School. Yeah. That is still there. Yeah. The old Auburn High School. And I think there's one in front of a retirement home here. I like it. Ah. All right. That one it may still be around, but most of them have disappeared somewhere or somehow. But that was a mystic we did go to. Um, Fair Hope, which is another lovely art community. Very, um, very pretty, very... I can't remember where we stayed when we were there. We stayed at my cousin's house on Ono Island. It's you have to. It's a ah, gated community, and yes. it's this beautiful house. And we did. it's very, very near the Florabama. I'm surprised we didn't go to the Florabama. I don't know why we didn't. <laughs> I think it's because y'all started off on the wine early and weren't capable of going to the Florabama. That would never have stopped us, <laughs> ever. <laughs> My, I have a funny story about the Floribama. We, we went down to our place at Orange Beach at Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we used to have a high Christmas and low Christmas when, when we were raising our child rivers. 
And low Christmas is when you um, travel anywhere in the world. And high Christmas is when you put up a tree and presents under it and say Santa's coming. And we've actually been to Germany for low Christmas before. Uh, we had a low Thanksgiving, which was away from home. No, we didn't think we were going to have turkey. And we heard that the Floribama had a potluck Thanksgiving dinner. Well, who could turn that down? <laughs> so we went to Publix and bought two pumpkin pies and headed over to the Floribama with our what? 10-year-old or something, but we did have Thanksgiving dinner there. That sounds nice. <laughs> I had a, the lowest low Christmas we had was um, in a in a flea bag hotel in New York City. We were traveling, but everybody went on strike, so we couldn't go anywhere. And there was nothing open for our Christmas Eve dinner, so my dad finally got a taxi cab and rode around until he found some Vienna sausages and crackers. <laughs> Chinese restaurants. Nothing, nothing. We were hostage in this hotel anyway. We didn't have a car or anything, and we brought bags of candy to give to the kids where we were going in the Dominican Republic, and we, we sat on our hotel beds and ate Vienna sausages and and, and the candy and ate all the candy and <laughs> and that was actually Christmas. That's it that was a was ridiculously a low Christmas. Oh my gosh! How old were you? I was grown. I had three we kids. We should call this the bad Christmas story. Well, yeah, it was really bad. It cost y'all $300,000 in taxpayer money because when we finally got on the plane to get where we were going, everybody was so drunk because they had um, been held back for so many days that the young Dominican men on the plane were flirting outrageously with my daughters. And when they were told to stop, they didn't. And they landed the plane in Dulles. And we were escorted down by fighter pilots. And that's a true story. You can look it up. Um, I looked it up recently to read what <laughs> CNN had to say about it because they I were wish all you out would, there with the camera. Would cameras. you please print that off for our next podcast so we can study it? I will. And um, that was one of the, I wrote that story for a mystic reading a long time ago. It was my three-hour tour story. We thought it was fiction, though. It was so true, and it was unbelievable. We'll make a podcast out of our travels gone Pl wrong someday. Yeah, please, um, please print that. Uh, well, yeah, I, I thought our trip to the beach was wonderful. I, I remember nothing about it except we took our pictures in the live oaks behind my cousin's house. Well, I, I do remember that, and I do remember... Gail's idea of the beach is what I should aspire to, and that is going down and enjoying the beach. Um, the shells were remarkable. And I, and I remember because Jan came over and got bunches of them so that she This is she our friend could. Jan Jones, who's also an artist, and she does live in Magnolia Springs, but quite often she goes over during the day to Fairhope. Yeah. Right. Joey, what do you do when you go to the beach if you don't go down and enjoy the beach? Um, we usually shop in boutiques. No, I do oh, not. Gosh. I do not shop. I do not shop. But we are walking up and down the beach and discovering and um, going and having adventures. And I mean, uh -huh. yeah, crabbing. Maybe oystering. I mean, do you do you read the rules about crabbing before you go crabbing? Absolutely. Alabama has a pretty lenient crabbing. They law. do, as long as but it's July. Florida doesn't, and so if you're near the Floribama, make sure you're on the Alabama side. Well, we if you're crabbing. Go, that's right. We're getting may, crabs. <laughs> may even go to the Floribama. <laughs> but there are those, and I have a sister who, when she goes to the beach, she sets up a tent, and they sit and they listen to the waves come in, and they drink beer, and it was delightful, actually. That's what I like to do when I go to the beach. And I, that's what I do. Oh, do you remember on our one trip to northern Mississippi to see our, one of our favorite authors, Rita Grimsley Johnson, that we passed a sneaker tree? Yes, I do remember that. All the sneakers, it was on Highway something going in, 378, or it had some odd number, but 78 maybe, coming out of Mississippi. And I thought that I didn't see what I saw as we went in to Mississippi, but coming out, we stopped. And there were hundreds of pairs of not only sneakers, but shoes I mean, like brogans and How did they make shoes. them hang on the tree if they, they didn't? They would tie them together. There were high heels and sandals. I mean, it was a thing that they, I later learned that the high school kids did. But the whole There's, tree was decorated. Huge I am tree. inspired. <laughs> There's actually a painting of this tree, and it's been made into cards. 
And uh, every once in a while, Rita sends me a note on a sneaker tray card. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, it would inspire someone for sure because it is a work in progress. Let's put it that way. Another one of my favorite road trips wasn't exactly a road trip. It was only like five blocks away from my house, but I told the mystics we're going on a road trip, and Mary brought a cooler full of Diet Cokes. <laughs> she has to have her Diet Pepper to go on a road trip. <laughs> it was mysterious. Gail tied us up and blindfolded us and wouldn't tell us where we were going, and when we got out, we had landed in La La Land. That's um, right. I think we talked about Nina's house on oh, okay. a several podcasts. It's, it's, there's... Uh, no, uh, there's no way you could explain this house. It's so artistic. There's not a spot on a ceiling or a wall or the floor that is not covered with a piece of art or a teddy bear. And we, exactly, and each room, each section of a room has its own thing. Thing, its theme. Thank you. Um, yes. And this isn't junky stuff. Well, some of it's kind of junky, <laughs> like the, like the, the. Uh, little toys you get at McDonald's perhaps but she has beautiful things she does have beautiful things she had a shoe garden if you remember that's right so shoes again well I um ask the mystics because we were going to talk today about our travels uh, to talk about one thing that I thought would be interesting and that was mystics pimp my ride Ooh. And things you'd put in your car for our mystic trips. And I'm wondering if any of you came up with how to pimp your ride. Well, Gail, we always bring wine. And I heard that, the, that Margie had plenty of wine just in case there were other mystics that might show up. And just in case, you know, we had to entertain. And she was told to take two of the bottles out. But you, could you all have each had one bottle of wine that night? The Europeans have a bottle of wine every day. That's each person? Thing. Yeah, each. Well, okay. Yeah, Gail. So when I was thinking about pimping my ride, I was thinking if I was going to take more mystic trips that I would have to get a little special container in the back. Because I just wanted y'all not to be hungover when we oh. did our reading. She <laughs> told me she didn't want to hear the bottles clanging together. So in my mystically pimped ride, I'm going to have separate containers for each wine bottle so that they won't clang together and annoy the queen. <laughs> well, you're like uh, one of the things I'm going to pimp my ride with. I want an apartment-sized refrigerator with a snack drawer, mm -hmm. which will have chicken salad, pimento <laughs> cheese, yogurt, bananas, dark chocolate, and Zapp's Creole onion potato chips. That's very specific, but it sounds good. Well, when you put pimp your, your car, pimp your ride, things you would put in your car for everyday trips. And in my car, every day, are walking shoes. Not necessarily the ones on my feet, because they may not be able to Walk. get me home. <laughs> um, a bottle of water. I always have a box of books, and it seems like most of them are mystic books, but sometimes I have some from the Solomon and George group. I always have grocery bags. And I, because my trunk is usually limited because I have a convertible, and the cradle for the top is in the back. So everything else will go in the car, usually in the back seat. And, of course, you have to have an extra pair of glasses or another bottle of water. Pens, Is this pens, a pimp ride or an old lady ride? This is, well, this is my ride. <laughs> um, loose change, a hairbrush, three or four umbrellas because you can never find one, a notepad, a notepad because you might hear the... You're not the even going to have any <laughs> LED lights going around your car with the car oh, bumping up and... Oh, okay. I'm going to have dolphins that jump up out of the water on the side of my car. Oh. Well, my, my ride's pimped. I ride a convertible. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking I'm the of... the only decoration we need one's the top That's down. right. You need a nice flowy <laughs> scarf. And the things they carried, I carry everywhere I go in my car. I carry a sign that says, warning, snake research in progress, no trespassing. Because you need that sign sometimes. How did our pictures turn out where we put those signs up, Mary? Cute. I sent them on, on our folder. They're cute. Oh, I, I'll have um, to get to yes. that folder. I've, yeah. I've actually had to work this week. That's a true shame. <laughs> oh, well, when I pimp my ride, one of the things I'm going to have is I have in my Yaris, I have two... Glove compartments. Well, I don't have gloves very often in my car, so I would like one of my glove compartments to be a medicine cabinet. 
Okay. With, you know, some interesting drugs in it, like arthritis medicine. Oh, she's <laughs> thinking of some icy hot. I was going to say, you know you can, you can be DUI on and medication as well as, as on alcohol. And um, I'm going to have a mirror with an accordion arm mm. so I can check out how I look. You know, riding down the from road. This side, mm-hmm. From this yeah. side. From that side. And my headrest is going to have a blow-up pillow. Ah, mm. now that's nice. And my seats are going to be heated and cool. But my favorite thing I'm going to have in my pimped ride is I'm going to have OnStar, but not regular OnStar on from the corporation, um, which what they do for you is they give you uh, turn-by-turn navigation and reno- remote diagnostics if something happens to your car. What I want is not only directions, but I want someone that I've selected to shoot the shit with me from OnStar. (laughs) (laughs) And they're going to give me on my little uh, TV or whatever that thing is in my new car, a picture of 10 different people I can choose from, you know, and then the information I'll have on them will be their political and religious affiliations and whether or not they read books. And I'm going to pick one to be my OnStar, and the the thing that I also want them to do for me besides uh, have interesting conversations and keep me awake, I want this person to be knowledgeable as to where the cleanest bathrooms are. Oh, gosh. OMG. <laughs> we, out of all the hundreds of bathrooms we could have stopped at between here and Fayette, which is three and a half hours away, found the most filthy Yes, we did. We I happened did. to find it for you. And it Thank was you. so filthy that I took one look at it and turned around and went and got the cleaning supplies <laughs> out of the cabinet and cleaned it before I you used it. You probably now have the Ebola virus. <laughs> I guess, but oh my stars, was it dirty? But oh. this person also will have restaurant suggestions as well as upcoming attractions and will tell me if you turn left in a one mile, you'll get to see... I don't know, whatever one might get to see on a road. Have you ever seen a mile-by-mile book? They have them, I know, for California and for Alaska. And for every mile marker, they have an event or something that you can see, even if it's just a rock formation on the right or an interesting church. I need to get you one of those. Hey, I own that person. Oh, we go. (laughs) (laughs) I I own someone that can do that. Well, I was going to say, considering that you don't even like the radio on, I'm amazed by Pimp Your Ride. (laughs) Oh, well, but wait, I forgot the best part. Uh, Upon demand, this, uh, my OnStar person will arrange a 10-minute massage halfway through the trip. Now, I could use that for sure. Okay, just, maybe we could get those things I have where you get a pedicure and you sit back in that chair and it squeezes everything. Yeah, that we would could get be those nice. in our pimped up cars. Well, sometimes those things seem dangerous to me. Ooh, I like them. I do too. Well, now, what was your pimp car, uh, Mystic Mary? Uh, well, I was having trouble with that because my car, which I've been living in for the past six years, seems kind of pretty much pimped up. I've do you got live it where in I your wanted. car? I, I do. Never I've been knew living it. in my car. I can loan you some money. That's sweet, Gail. Maybe people listen to this podcast and buy a bunch of books and I'll be able to move out. <laughs> but, um, you know, Ian Fleming pimped my ride. I, I just want Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That's all I've ever wanted. <laughs> I want to be able to fly and swim. You know, and have Dick Van Dyke sing. That's all. I, I'm not sure I want Dick Van Dyke singing to me, but he can give me the 10 minute massage, I guess. <laughs> Be your Siri contact. I'm sorry. Oh, you're sorry. Is, is he still alive? Do you know no, Mystic, I don't know. Mystic Margie's sister is named Siri? And she, it used to be a great name until the last, what, 10 years? And now it's not a great name at well, all. Do you recall we were reading, and she was reading a story? about her sister sister. Siri and her phone started talking to her. How can I help you? (laughs) You can ask me anything. You know, you can make your Siri voice as sexy. I have a friend whose Siri talks like, and now turn to the right. Go one mile. Hey, will you do that for mine? I think that'd be (laughs) hilarious. Jimmy has an Australian Siri. Yes. Before, Before we had, I guess, Garmin, our, we went to Europe, and our young son, who was, you know, like all young sons, a techno-manic, man, 
changed our Garmin to Japanese, and then just when we were threatening him, he'd turn it to German or French. And so we never actually found any way, found our way in Europe. Well, you know what? Um, any, I was going to say, I always, speaking of that, in my car are always either German, Japanese, Spanish, or Italian tapes as well. So we have pimped our rides. Before we give our contact information, I want to say something to all the Alabamians out there, and that is namaste. 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 Absolutely. Namaste. Because I understand that the Alabama legislature does not want that included in the curriculum. That's true. And so what it basically means, peace be with you. It does. (laughs) Yeah. But, okay. We could use a little more of that. The Mystic Contact Information, remember, we'd like to come talk to your book club or your library or your candy stripers, I guess. So how do you contact the Mystic Order of East Alabama fiction writers? Mystic Mary, do you have it? The Mystics Pod at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash mysticorder of East Alabama. And don't we have, oh, do we still have a Twitter we do have a Twitter. It's Twitter a new Twitter. The Mystics Pod is our Twitter handle. And YouTube.com slash The Mystic Pod. And you can drop us a line at any time at The Mystics Pod at gmail.com. Our direct messages are open. And remember, be the flame, not the moth. <laughs>